one there it is <laughs> all right welcome welcome everybody we have another fun episode for you all today um we're going to talk about emotions and how they can be our allies. I'm really looking forward to that because everybody knows I'm emotional. So this will be fun. <laughs> Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, there it is. It is a beautiful Tuesday out here in San, San, uh, sunny San Diego, as always. So <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we jump in and chat with our guests, just a quick reminder to, to everybody to please follow the show on all social media at Practicing Polyay. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any other podcast app, please subscribe, leave a review wherever it is that you download the pod. Also, if you would like to support the show, I would love to help you out with your insurance, okay? I, uh, I'm i an insurance guy, so uh, shoot me a DM on whatever social media that you're on, especially ask me about your malpractice or errors in emissions insurance. Love to talk to you about that. And as always, just a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. If you're actively polyamorous, polyam curious, or a professional serving the polyamorous community, I want to hear your story. Doesn't matter if you're disabled, BIPOC, pan, bi, demi, gay, straight, sex worker, kinkster, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever. I want to hear your story. The more stories we hear, the more the world gets to learn about us and the more representation we have so that the better we can serve our community. All right, that is my intro spiel. Now to the best part, our guest. Here's the thing, we all need a little help sometimes, and our guest today has both the personal and professional experience to provide that help to others. She's been teaching in some capacity or another for over 20 years, and she now uses her training to coach and guide people through their ethical non-monogamous journeys. Among her favorite aspects of her coaching practice is the growth she experiences along with her clients as she shares her poly experience and the tools she learns along the, she's learned along the way. She and her clients enter into an amazing positive feedback loop where everyone benefits from the continuous flow of growth and connection, possibility and renewal, joy and love. I'm excited to hear from our guest who loves to help people discover what is in true alignment for themselves. Joining us today out of Austin, Texas, welcome to the show, the poly coach, Lori Ellington. Wow. It's, it's always a surprise which uh, intro, which which applause or, you know, uh, the producer's going to to choose. So that party mode, we're we're in party mode. We can do this. We can have some fun, right? <laughs> Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And even just listening to the intro, I'm just super excited to be a part of this movement and this platform uh, to help people learn more about um, polyamorous relationship and the poly lifestyle and ethical non-monogamy in general. And so I just feel really honored to be here. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And and you have a personal connection to, uh, of course, the, the polyamorous lifestyle. Um, you have been practicing yourself for quite some time. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Uh, you know, sure, where, where, how you got kind of how you got started and what inspired you? More importantly, what inspired you to want to help others in their journeys as well? 
Ah, that's a great question. So first of all, it was probably about eight years ago, maybe eight and a half years ago, that I ended one of the most difficult relationships in my life. And at that time, I realized I needed to relook and rethink how I was being in relationship with relationship. And so soon after that, I you know, sparks were flying with a friend of mine. We'd been friends for a really long time and the connection started to develop. And he said, Hey, look, we have to have a conversation and talk about this chemistry between us. And I was like, okay, sure. Whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And so he was the one that introduced me to the term polyamorous. And he said, look, I'm poly. And then he started to talk about what polyamory was for him. And I was listening and I was in a point in my life where I was ready to changed my relationship with relationship. And I said, you know what, like this polyamory thing sounds like it might be something that, you know, might be really interesting and fun and expansive to try. And so mm -hmm. he and I went on an eight year journey together um, as primary partners and it was amazing. And early on, I realized that there was such a learning curve. You know, he had had yes. experience of being open and practicing ethical non-monogamy. And I had experience with coaching and teaching and um, helping people communicate. So it mm -hmm. was pretty much like the merging, the weaving of my uh, experience and training as a coach and elite and a teacher with my experience as, you know, practicing ethical non-monogamy that created polycoach, poly-coach.com, which enabled me to create, you know, to really dive into my um, desire to support other people in the process of their learning. And all the while I was learning. So I was learning about myself. I was helping other people learn about themselves. And so we really did create this positive feedback loop. And it was just, it was an amazing journey from the start. And it's been, you know, I'm just so grateful that I was introduced to the lifestyle from my previous partner, as well as having had so much experience working with individuals and couples in all different kinds of relationships. It's just been one of the most inspiring things that I've been uh, doing in my life so far. So I feel very grateful. <laughs> I love it. It, it, is, it is inspiring. It's, it's something new and different. Um, now, I my own journey just started a little over four years ago. And so, um, you know, I, I am totally with you where in this podcast, I get an opportunity to talk to all kinds of different people that practice polyamory in all kinds of different ways. And that same feeling, that same feedback loop where mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning from everybody that I, that I get to interact with. It's, it's so much fun, but you've been teaching even before that you were teaching, were, were you working with couples and relationships even before that or teaching something completely different? Completely different. I was working with children with developmental delays and disabilities. Um, and before that, I was a bilingual pre-K teacher. And so right. I had about, I don't know, like, I don't know, 15 plus years in the education system just through, um, you know, working with a company and then also working in the school district. And I think what that was, was me working with like children helped me understand my own inner child. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I was ready to shift out of working for someone else and creating my own business. And so in some ways, I, I view it as I was ready to grow up and step into a new way of being some, you know, who my next, like a new way of me showing up in the world. And so now I find that I'm working with individuals and couples, like more adults now, but mm -hmm. I'm really working with their inner children, the parts of them that are unsettled, the parts of them that are learning and growing and stretching, the parts of them that don't really understand emotions and the impacts of, you know, how they can just really, you know, keep us 
like stuck. And so I lean into that edge with people and try to help them understand that, Hey, a feeling is normal. It's Mm -hmm. natural. All humans have them. So let's just look at, you know, look a little deeper. And oftentimes there's a wounded part that's wounded Mm. from childhood. And I, and I work with those parts. That, that is fantastic. When I think about like, don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. (laughs) (laughs) That's, Factual, factually correct. Yes. Uh, when when I think about uh, like my own journey, you know, it's it's been about four years now, and you know, prior to that, yeah, I'm 37 now, so I had 33 years of you know monogamous training or monogamous thinking or whatever. Uh, and so when I when I think about it, it's like I'm I'm four years old in my poly journey, right? So I'm 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 a baby, right? So this whole idea of connecting with my inner child like really resonates. Uh, and one of the things that that we were talking about, I mean, the title of the show is "Making Our Emotions Our Allies." Children are emotional creatures, right? We're children are driven by their emotions, and so when we're early on in our journeys. And, and we're connecting with this inner child. We have all of these emotions. And one of the things that you talked about was making emotions our allies. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to dig into. Can you tell me, just kind of start with the overview of what that means, and we'll see how we dive into that. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so one thing that I've come to learn is that we... You know, we like the pleasant emotions a lot better than the unpleasant emotions. Um, and I don't want to say good or bad or better or worse because emotions are emotions. We're, they're all on a spectrum. But mm-hmm. we tend to always want to live in the positive rather than live in the ones that don't feel so good. Um, sure. And so what I've also learned is that when I am having uh, like a challenging situation, like a challenging emotion is coming up for me. My programming from childhood was to not talk about it, was to hide it, mm. was to just kind of sweep it under the rug, pretend it wasn't there. And then I would do that and I could be successful for only a sh- like, you know, for a certain period of time. And then something would happen that would trigger that emotion. And then pff, all the energy of that emotion would just mm-hmm. splatter everywhere. Like you can imagine like a zit or something like that. You know, it's just like it grows, it grows and grows. And then I was thinking a champagne bottle, but okay. I love that. Well, I mean, positive emotion, negative emotion, kind of, kind of <laughs> shaking that champagne bottle. And right. I so, love it. And I, and I think a lot in metaphors and I use a lot of images in my, in my work. Cause I think it can be really like a, a way to sort of get it. Um, and so what I've also learned is like, okay, yeah, we spend so much time and energy trying to avoid what we might think is unpleasant out of mm-hmm. fear of being seen or fear of being judged or fear of causing our partners to have you know a reaction or whatever. And so what would happen if we developed the awareness and gave ourselves and our partners enough space to be like, wow, like, Ooh, I'm feeling some energy in my body. And that Mm -hmm. energy, like, Oh man, like it starts out with like a label, like jealousy, or it starts out with something that I don't want to admit that I have because I'm supposed to be not a jealous person. Right. And all of a sudden you're having this inner turbulence. It's like, okay, well we have options there. You know, and lots of times we don't choose the option of leaning into this discomfort. We try to avoid the discomfort. And so one thing that I've learned to do in service to my own growth and development, and I share this with my clients, is like, what would it be like if when you start feeling the initial 
turbulence if you just paused and took a deep breath and just got a little curious about what your experience was. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, I'm aware of what you just said. That's somewhere it doesn't feel right in my body. And I'm tensing, I'm sensing an emotional reaction. And before I go off on you, I just mm-hmm. need a little bit of time to see what that is. And then if we can create the time to go down the rabbit hole, then oftentimes we will find a part or um, a story or, you know, a young version of ourself that has a, that that has a message for us. And that's where I think emotions be, can become our alleys, because when we get curious enough to see what's really happening underneath the, the superficial, the, mm-hmm. the surface level, then we can learn how we can best meet some of those needs that might have been unspoken and unseen and hidden for years. That is awesome. Um, I'm as you're talking, I'm I'm listening, and one of the things that uh, I struggle with, I'm sure there's other people that struggle with this as well, is when that emotion hits, whatever it is. When I take that moment to pause, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't, I still don't know what the emotion is. It just feels bad. It just doesn't feel good. Um, I had a, a, a relationship coach on here. I think it was Claire Blossom that uh, she was like, well, if you think about it, it you, you think about where where is that feeling? Like where in your body is it? And giving that that emotion a shape, like a physical form <laughs> and, you know, finding a way to release that. So that was one strategy that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, what other strategies do you have to help people identify what that emotion is and how to, how to be self-aware? Cause I think that that's, that's the key is to right. find that self-awareness. Right. So I love the question. So first of all, I think oftentimes we find ourselves in in, in, um, repetitive patterns. So we might be in a repetitive pattern with a partner and over time that pattern creates a dynamic. It's kind of like when you have a sneaker in the dryer and you press, you know, go, it has this like ding, 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 ding. And so when we can see that there are certain patterns that are running our life and then we look at how those patterns play out then with our awareness we can choose to do something different so that's just a little bit of context for what i'm going to talk about next or maybe a visual so one thing that i use a lot in my coaching practice is called internal family systems it's a modality of therapy uh, that helps people look at their personality through the lens of different parts so using internal Hmm. family systems you can um, begin to see that every trigger is a part. It's a part of you that has a script, a belief system, and a behavior. Mm -hmm. And so when we can see and observe and maybe just stop and reflect for a little bit, certain patterns or certain dynamics that are in our personality or our behavior or in the dynamic of a relationship, then we can say, oh, wow, like, what's going on? Like if I looked it through, through, if I looked at that through the lens of internal family systems, what parts could I identify? And if I started to identify some of those parts and got really curious about each one, each one has a story for us. Each one has a way of coping. Each one has a belief system, but underneath that, each one has a need and a wound that's just ready to be healed. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's how I begin to go down my own rabbit hole through learning about internal family systems and then looking at how that can apply for me, um, how that can apply um, to me, and then also using that in my relationships. So that's that's a bit of, of what how to answer that question. Mm -hmm. One of the main practices that I use is process writing. So if I'm in an emotional situation, I'll get my journal, which I have a YouTube video called bitch book. Like really it is just my, it's not pretty. It's, you know, it's just like probably it was a dollar, but it's my process writing journal. So I will just write, 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 vent, 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 get mad, get cry, do whatever I need to do. Yell at that person that I'm never going to speak. Um, you know, that, that I'm, you know, just yell at that person that I'm having some feelings about. Um, but that helps me release some of the energy. And then it's like, oh, wow, like there's a part there. Like, what is that part? And what is, you know, because our anger or um, our outburst is usually a protector who's protecting a younger version of ourselves. So if we can release some of the energy and then get curious about what's underneath that, more often than not, there's just a part of us that wants to be loved. That's good. One last thing. One last thing. You, you talk about the uh, internal family systems, right? Mm -hmm. Internal yeah. family systems. And uh, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking of that uh, Pixar movie, Inside Out, yes. where you have all of the different emotions, right? Yeah. So that that's like what I'm imagining. And so what I'm thinking as you're explaining this is to try and look at it from the lens of each of these different characters. How would my anger react to this? How would my joy react to this? How would my fear react to this? How, you know, how mm -hmm. each one of those has a different way of wanting to protect my, to protect me. Right. And that's, that's essentially what our emotions are all designed to do is to protect. And you say there's, there's an inner, child there, there there's something from our history from our past uh -huh. that is being triggered and is is being protected through this is that right yeah and so my experience is like i have an inner family like i have i have an inner circus so, you know, we are like right now I'm in my, I guess my coaching, you know, part and my coaching part is driving the bus and in my participating in this interview. But if my one of my partners came in and dropped a bomb, then all of my toddler parts might just start screaming and running around. And so I would have to be like, whoa, I'm triggered right now. Not a good time to have a conversation because. Mm -hmm my parts are on the bus and they're fighting to get into the driver's seat. And I'm this in this internal conflict, not really sure what to do. So all I really can do is ah, take a deep breath and pause and then see how I can regulate my system so that I can then have a conversation with my partner or, you know, um, the person that is came in to drop that bomb. Now, some, sometimes that's not that's not easy. I mean, oh, sometimes yeah. those those parts are fighting to get into the driver's seat for a long time. I mean, I, I experienced this myself where, mm -hmm. you know, if I get a, a bomb dropped on me, mm -hmm. it, it could ruin my whole work day. Like I could not be able to function for like an mm -hmm. entire day. And I'm just stressing so bad yeah. that I just say, screw this. And I go to sleep for a while. Wow. I can't do that. 
I can't sleep when I'm really emotionally charged. And I think there are some types of nervous systems that will be more up and can't sleep because it's just too much energy. And there are other people that can just sleep. And so when I was talking with a client earlier today, she's like, yeah, she's like, I just can't sleep. And she looks at her husband. She's like, how can you sleep? You're not supposed to be sleeping. I'm really tired. <laughs> I got to go to bed. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I could really relate to that because I've been in a situation where that is the case. And so I don't know if that's I don't you know, I, I'm not sure what personality or, you know, human type you know, is more aligned with staying up and more aligned with sleeping. Like, I don't know, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think that's where it's really important to consider how to move some of that energy. Because sometimes when we're triggered, we react immediately or we repress. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's not giving the energy a healthy way to move. We're either, you know, dumping on somebody or we're repressing it and we're never talking about it again. So if we're able to say, OK, wow, like I'm aware that something's going on. I need a little bit of time to process this. And sometimes you know, there's something to be said for processing on your own for a little bit through, you know, running or biking, like moving your body or writing or calling up a friend because these parts have like it's energy and so mm -hmm. if we don't give them you know a, a safe stage in which they can speak then they're just going to be backstage ruining the whole set yeah absolutely i it's it's I, I i love this show i'm telling you the the fact that i get to talk to all these people and learn all of these all of these different things because i'm like literally applying all of this to my life um when we're talking about about when those stressors hit and you need and and i need to release that energy i've been taking disconnected walks lately nice. i leave my phone at home and just you know disappear for like an hour and just kind of into my own head and a lot of times when i come back i will sit down and, and write and journal about the thoughts that i was having while i was out there on my own and it's just yeah. that that ability to to clear my mind to to not have any other distractions and just think about this thing mm -hmm. and you know try try to to, to attack it from these other angles you know, mm -hmm. while I'm just enjoying nature or whatever else. So mm -hmm. all great stuff, all good stuff. Um, how about some stories? I love stories. I, I, I want to hear about any stories that you've had some like major breakthroughs, maybe uh, that you've had with some clients recently, like some some big lesson learned. I'll give you a moment to think about it. I'm just going to ch like chatter on to give you a moment sure, to yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh -huh. So just kind of anything that that has been like 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 this conversation that we're having right now. I love the the ability to just kind of soak in your knowledge. And mm -hmm. I wonder if there's one of these big feedback loop situations that you that just happened recently that was like a oh mind blowing well, moment. One thing that I can say um, when I talk to clients about internal family systems, light bulbs are going. And then when I talk to clients about the nervous system and how sometimes we're, it's our nervous system that is acting out, um, our, our, our nervous system is dysregulated. Mm -hmm. um, when I approach things from a physiological somatic place, um, it kind of gets it out of the head of who's right or who's wrong. It's like, no, it's like your nervous system is triggered and your nervous system is deregulated or dysregulated. So what can we do to regulate the nervous system? Once we regulate 
regulate the nervous system, then we will feel more safe. We will feel more grounded and we'll feel more resource to be have to have different kinds of conversations. And so when I present those two things with clients and I do that often because they're they're coming like they're coming to me with situations and I look at the situations through the lens of internal family systems and the nervous system. And so when I share that with them, they're like, oh, <laughs> it makes more sense. You know, and I think, too, because the relationship I had prior to my journey with open relationships and polyamory was a toxic one. Um, I, I also can relate to those people who are um, you know, traumatized from previous relationships, whether it's abusive or, you know, PTSD or things like that. So, you know, I listen really intently to someone when they're sharing their story and then I, I take notes and then I'll, you know, go back and I'll validate, um, and I'll, you know, validate and then say, yes, I can relate to that. And here was my story or here's my situation or here's what I learned. And so one thing that I've also, you know, really appreciate about what I'm doing and then like in meeting with clients is like, I see the importance of being seen, heard, and validated. And when we can do that with a third party, then we can begin to learn how to do that for ourselves. And then we can begin to learn how to do that with people that we're close to. So it's just really nice to be in sessions with people. Um, it's funny because sometimes they're bringing to me the information or they're bringing to me exactly what it is or something similar to what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. So then I'm able to help them. But if I don't record it for myself, then I don't really know. Like it's kind of one of those things easier said than done. Like sometimes I'm helping <laughs> people with the very thing that I need help on. And then I am just like, Oh my God, like I need to write this down so I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's, it's so in my own business, uh, in, in my insurance practice, I'm always telling my agents, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And then I'm like, well, I got to do the same things. Right. So I totally get that. Totally get that. Now, um, somatics, this is a word that I literally learned yesterday. Oh. Um, I need a little bit of a refresher. I heard it yesterday. Uh, mm -hmm. So give me a refresher on somatics and how that intertwines with the nervous system. Okay. Wow. Great. So, okay. Wow. There's, this is a big body of work. Um, okay. Okay. We have the sympathetic nervous system and we have the parasympathetic nervous nervous system. And of course I make it all this stuff wrong, but so if anybody's out there viewing and she's like, she's totally off, like just, I I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. But what I know is that we have the parasympathetic, that is the, I'm sorry, the sympathetic nervous system is the activator. Okay. Mm -hmm. the parasympathetic nervous helps um, ground us and center us, helps regulate our system. Okay. And so we have, you know, a body and our body receives information all the time. Okay. And so one thing that I've learned is that our body will receive the information first, we'll have a sensation, and then that will activate our nervous system, which then in turn activates our emotions, which in turn activates our thoughts, which in turn activates our behavior. So okay. there's, there's this process Huge chain reaction there. 
Exactly. And so when we can begin to slow things down through self-regulation practices or through other kinds of regulation, maybe co-regulation practices, meditation, walking, dancing, process writing, things like that, talking with someone, then we can begin to learn what it's like to move through that system. And there's a very powerful meditation practice called Vipassana, where you're going in for 10 days and you are sitting in silence for the majority of that time and you're not interacting with any humans. It's just you and you, no eye contact. And so in that time, you get to experience, oh, wow, like the physicality of your your human experience and then the emotions and the thoughts. And so there is a spectrum of that. And so I say all of that because um, we need other humans that are regulated to help us regulate. Like we are a social engagement um, species. So we need mm -hmm. social engagement to thrive. When we isolate ourselves, we're often suffering like last year with COVID, like many people were suffering with depression and, you know, just, it was just really, really stressful for people. Yeah. So again, it's like learning about the nervous system and how that gets activated or how that can be um, regulated can help us in being a better human, it can help us in being a better partner, can help us in navigating through some of those uh, category five emotional waters that we step into sometimes. Perfect. I love it. I, I, I think it does. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm tracking the whole thing like through that chain reaction that you're talking about and the, the somatics part of it, that's kind of encompassing all of it. Is that right? It's kind of like the physio, like somatic is like, you know, it begins with the body. So we are embodied creatures, but oftentimes we live in our head. And so we're mm -hmm. trying to figure things out in our head. But if we drop into the body and be with the body first, then we can learn, oh, when you did that, I feel this experience in my heart. It's really, really tight. Well, that's back to what you were talking, um, what, what a previous uh, guest was talking about, like, where do I feel it in my body? Mm -hmm. and what's the color and what's the texture and what's the voice and what's the message and da, 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 da. Like it's going inward first rather than going outward. Lots of times we want to go outward to feel better, to fix something. Mm -hmm. But really mm -hmm. we need to turn like turn it back in and look inward. Like, where am I feeling that? Wow, I'm spending a lot of mental activity up here. I'm not in my body right now. How can I get in my body? Because when we listen to our body, our body will talk to us. Mm -hmm. Our body has messages for us, but we have to do practices to slow down our mind and get us flowing with the body. And that way we can navigate life a lot easier. I think yoga, I completely... walking, dancing, mm -hmm. stuff. and eating and eating, uh, yeah. eating right. Uh, it, it's okay. funny because there is absolutely a huge relationship between body health etc and you know mental health and and, and emotion get in my belly when it's time to eat it's time to eat i can't tell you how many times i've been moody or upset or you know even just feeling sad and i go and eat something and oh i, I feel better you know like that's all it takes yeah, 100%. I remember when a relationship, we were transitioning from primary partnership to, to like no longer partners. I remembered, um, you know, every day at a certain time, I was just like 
felt so sad and depressed. I mean, there were lots of things to be sad and depressed about, about that situation, but like, you know, we were friends and we were social, you know, we were still getting together, but I just remembered like there was a time during the day when I would just start to, and I was just like, oh, I learned I need to eat. And as <laughs> I ate, oh, I was happy again. I was functional again. I was able to get by. So it was like, yeah, it's just really interesting how important food and nutrition plays, you know, in our well-being. But and then also like what kinds of foods? Like I know that there mm. are certain foods, like if I I love coffee. If I drink coffee, I'm in a bad mood for like three days afterwards. Like it's just oh, wow. not, I know it's not. I'm super sensitive energetically. So I learned that. It's like, okay, well, I want to be kind to my fellow humans. I'm just not gonna drink coffee. It's just better for me. It's better for them. We all get along much better. So sorry. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I just have a really sensitive nervous system. Yeah. I guess I guess tea. I mean I've switched to tea, but that's neither here nor there. Um it's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> too funny, too funny. Lori, it has been so much fun uh chatting with you. I'm so appreciative to get a chance to talk with you and participate in this positive feedback loop with you. Um, mm -hmm. If others want to do the same, if others want to get in touch with you and work with you, uh, mm -hmm. tell us how they can get in touch with you and um, if there are any limitations, like if they have to be in Texas or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Great question. So my website, poly-coach.com. My email is info at poly-coach.com. You can find me on Facebook and all of the social media channels. Um, the first session, I offer um, a discounted rate. It's uh, 85 to 150. Um, so I like to work with people on that first session. Um, that's like an exploratory session. It's a one-hour session, fully like like it's a full coaching session at a reduced price. Um, most of my clients are outside of Texas. Um, so I work um, virtually Skype, FaceTime, Zoom. Um, yeah, I have clients all over the world. Um, I have clients in Australia, I have clients in Bali, I have clients in different parts of Europe, I have clients all over the United States. Uh, so if you are interested and wanting to um, book a session with me, send me an email, info at, info at poly-coach.com or hop on my website and go to the contact page. I'm just super excited to be here and to be a guest on the show and it's been wonderful speaking with you and yeah, just looking forward to continuing this, these kinds of conversations and this dialogue. Perfect. It has absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Yeah. Thank you, James. Take care. Yep. And thank you as always to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when you're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific time, or sign up for our Patreon where you get access to our commercial free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and wherever it is that you download your podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. Thank you again, Lori. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. As always, have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash